Lord, sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. We ask you, Lord, to send your Holy Spirit to work through your word this morning. Bring us comfort, bring us peace, and bring us rest. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm making sure my mic is on. Okay, it's on. Sorry to everyone's ears that are watching online. Um, life just feels heavy right now. Have you had anybody say that to you recently? Like life just feels heavy right now? Or maybe have you said that to yourself recently? Life just feels heavy right now. I think, based on my conversations with people, I think a lot of people are feeling this way, that life is feeling heavy right now. And it's kind of ironic, because life right now is better than it probably was a year ago, and a whole lot better than it was 18 months ago. You think about some of the things that we can do in our life right now, like uh, businesses are open, and kids can go to school. Um, concerts and festivals and sporting events are back. Um, the mask mandate has been lifted in Atlanta, so depending on who you are or vaccination status or whatever, some of us can actually see the bottom half of each other's faces again, which is kind of nice. Um, so things in many ways I think are better than they were a year or a year and a half ago, and yet in a vague, hard-to-define kind of way, I think for a lot of people, it still feels like something is, is missing. And maybe some of the things that used to be fun and easy and effortless just don't feel quite like that right now. Everything just feels a little bit heavier. Would you agree with that? Are you getting that vibe from our culture right now? So why is this? Why does everything feel a little bit heavier? Well, first of all, it's not super hard to figure out part of the reason because we're in an unusually stressful time right now. Last spring, the U.S. Census Bureau started this thing called the Household Pulse Survey, where they survey random households every single, every single week, and they're trying to gauge how is the pandemic specifically affecting American families. And they're looking for things like anxiety and depression, and here is what they found. I find this to be just absolutely stunning. In 2019, from January to June, 11% of American adults would say that they felt at least some symptoms of anxiety and depression. Doesn't mean you've been diagnosed with anything, but it means you're feeling anxious, you're feeling extra down. 11% of American adults would say that. In January of this year, it was 41% of American adults. And I wonder how many of the other 60% were just not telling the truth. Um, but people are super anxious. People are super depressed right now to one degree or another. And then by fall now, like the, the pandemic numbers have dropped, but the mental health burden has not really dropped that much. It's gone from 40% down to 30%, which is still three times as high as it was before. All right, so while physically things may be easing and getting better, Mentally and emotionally, the effects of the last couple of years are still very apparent. So why does life feel so heavy? First, it's because we're living in an unusually stressful time. But it's also important to note that in this broken and sin-filled world, life was always going to be heavy to begin with. 
And I think maybe like this pandemic and the social unrest and everything else of the past few years, it's been unique because it's made all of us feel the heaviness together. But the reality is in a broken, sin-filled world, individual people are feeling lots of heaviness as individuals all the time. So I want you to imagine something this morning. Imagine that you are sitting on a bench by the Beltline Trail and you're watching people walk their dogs and jog and hopefully there's not too many people on scooters. It's a topic for a different time. But people are coming past you, you know, enjoying the Beltline Trail. But then imagine that you have a superpower in this scenario and that superpower is that you're able to actually see the invisible burdens that each person is actually carrying. So if you could see the invisible burdens that each person is actually carrying, what types of things might you notice on the Beltline Trail in a given day? You know, that young woman who is taking a selfie on her phone and she's laughing with her friends and she looks like she doesn't have a care in the world, maybe she's bearing the invisible burden of, of pressure. And she faces pressure to live up to her parents' expectations. She faces pressure to get the kind of grades that she wants to get. She feels pressure to fit in with her friends, pressure to meet her cultural standards of beauty. Maybe on the outside you can't see this at all, but she feels this burden weighing down on her, and it affects her everywhere she goes and, and everything she does. And then comes an old guy pushing a shopping cart, and he's got a hat on that says U.S. Veteran, and nobody else can see it, but you can see that he's got the burden of trauma. He has seen and experienced terrible things in his life. And wherever he goes and whatever he does, he can feel it like an invisible weight weighing down on him. And then a kid zooms by on his skateboard, and he zooms by like he's trying to get away from something, and he is because he has an invisible burden, and it's the burden of guilt. This kid on the skateboard has got a pattern, a sinful pattern in his life that he's trying to get rid of and he just can't seem to do it and he can't skate away from it on his skateboard no matter how fast he goes. It's like an invisible burden pulling him down. And then you've got the middle-aged woman walking her dog and she's bearing the invisible burden of grief. Nobody would know this from looking at her, but she's lost someone that is very close to her and she feels empty and she feels fragile, and it feels like there's this heavy weight pressing down on her wherever she goes. So people feel like life is heavy, and yeah, it's because of the pandemic, and yeah, it's because of all the events of the past few years that have made us together kind of feel this collective heaviness of life, but the reality is in a sin-broken world for individual peoples a few at a time, life was always going to be heavy to begin with. And if we had more time this morning, we could talk about whatever different individual invisible burdens you might be carrying right now. Maybe it would be the burden of compassion fatigue, where you see so much bad news, your, your heart goes out to so many people who are suffering, that when it comes to your own struggles, you don't have any energy left for those. Compassion fatigue. Or maybe it's the invisible burden of planning exhaustion where you get so tired of weighing the risks of should you do this or that thing. You get so tired of canceling plans that you've made that finally you feel like you might as well just not do anything anymore. But whatever your invisible burdens are, I think it's a very common sentiment in our world, especially right now, life just feels too heavy at the moment. So here then is 
my question as we talk about this, if we're going to phrase it that way, and if we're going to say life feels too heavy right now, then what are we implying about life? We're implying that it is supposed to be lighter. And we're refusing to accept that trauma and pressure and guilt and grief and fatigue and burnout, that these are just natural, good, regular things and all part of the human experience. We don't feel that way, especially when these things happen to us personally. We don't gladly embrace these things. When life gets hard, when life feels heavy, our hearts and our minds and our emotions scream out to us, life is not supposed to be this way. It's too heavy. And when we scream out, life is not supposed to be this way, we're right. <laughs> it's not. And in fact, life was not always this way, where it is so heavy and so stressful and so hard. Back in the Garden of Eden, before human beings fell into sin, not only did Adam and Eve enjoy a perfect relationship with God and a perfect relationship with each other, they also enjoyed a perfect mental and emotional peace. But the fall into sin shattered all of that. The fall into sin made life in this world heavy, and it's been heavy ever since. But now, in, in the midst of this flawed, heavy life, in this sin-broken world, Jesus comes to us in his word. And here he offers us something that is new, and something that is beautiful, and something that is refreshing. Jesus offers to us in his word a life worth living. And here's how he puts it in our sermon text. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So what is Jesus saying in these powerfully encouraging verses? Well, first we need to define our yoke so nobody gets confused. A yoke is a piece of wood that you put across two oxen plowing a field, and it keeps them connected, and it helps them to go in a straight line. And then a burden, well, you know what a burden is. It's something that you carry that's heavy. So what is Jesus saying here? He's, you notice he doesn't say, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'm going to immediately remove all of your problems right this instant and make your life perfect. That's not quite how he puts it. But Jesus says, come to me, yoke up next to me, let me carry your burdens with you. And Jesus says, I'm going to do so much of the heavy lifting that what you're carrying starts to become manageable, easy, even light. So today, we're going to talk about three quick ways that Jesus does that. That he yokes up with us and he makes our burdens lighter. The first way Jesus does that, or maybe you should say the first way Jesus did that, is that he literally came down to earth and experienced our burdens for himself. The prophet Isaiah writes about Jesus, and he says, Surely he took up our pain, and he bore our suffering. That is not only talking about the pain of dying on the cross for our sins. That is also talking about the pain of living in a world that has been broken by our sins. So when Jesus came to your world, he experienced trauma and grief and sadness 
and loss. He experienced pressure and fatigue and burnout from caring for others. He experienced sickness and pain and even death. And so the comfort of all of this is that we don't have a God who is like distant and aloof up there and he can't relate to our problems. We have a God who, we said this two weeks ago in church, we said that God is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. When your life feels too heavy, Jesus gets it. But Jesus also helps us to bear our burdens in another way. It's not just that he's been here and he knows what it's like. It's also that Jesus actively went to the source of our burdens and destroyed it. That source of our burdens, of course, is sin. So we talked about the fall into sin. And the result of the fall into sin is that every person has been born with their own sinful nature. And your sinful nature is different than mine because we're different people. All of our sinful natures find our own unique ways to rebel against God and do things that are wrong. But eventually it all leads to the same place. Eventually all of us realize, or we should, that we have fallen far short of where God wants us to be. So now what? Now what? Well, our sinful nature assumes that if we broke it, we have to fix it. And so it becomes amazing to see in our own hearts just how much work we will put in and how much blood and sweat and tears we will expend trying to set things right with God, trying to make up for the bad things that we've done, trying to atone for our sins. And it's crazy. We could spend our whole entire lives serving and volunteering and pouring out our time in every way possible. And yet we still don't feel any better about our relationship with God. In fact, if our relationship with God is now built on work and fear and stress and pressure, our relationship with God starts to feel like just one more burden that is weighing us down. Now I've got all this church stuff to do. But this is where Jesus swoops in with his beautiful message of salvation by grace alone. Right? And we know this. It's by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Your hard work and your service and your volunteering does not fix the wrong that you've done because Jesus already fixed the wrong that you've done. 2,000 years ago, Jesus came to your world before you were even here or could say anything about it. And Jesus lived a perfect life that counts for yours. And Jesus died on the cross to wash away your sins. And Jesus rose from the grave to conquer death for you. But this is the point of the cross and Jesus and the whole Bible, is that God has done it for you. God has fixed your relationship with him for you. And not only has he taken that pressure off, that you've got to somehow fix this with all of your work, but he has also reserved for you a home in the place where there truly is rest, a place where there never will be any burdens again because your home with your God, back how it used to be like in the Garden of Eden, home with your God in heaven. But for now, you're not quite in heaven yet. And so there's one more way in which Jesus comes alongside you and yokes up with you and helps you to bear your burdens. And this way is that Jesus sends other Christians to bear your burdens as a team. 
So Paul wrote to a group of Christians in Corinth, and here's what he said to them. He said, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. There should be no division in the body, but its parts should have equal concern for each other. If any part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. If we're all parts of the same body, that means we are all in this together during the good times and during the bad. And then Paul said something even more direct to another group of Christians in Galatia when he said this, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Carry each other's burdens. So as we said, today is the final sermon in what has become a seven-week series on the topic of reach. For the first four weeks, we talked about reaching out with God's gospel to our world in various ways. And then for the last three weeks, we've talked about specifically how we're doing this as a congregation. We've reviewed the different parts of our mission statement. For a God worth knowing, we kind of said everything we've explained about God, how he takes the pressure off. People don't know this, that this is what God is like. And so we get the privilege of, of letting people know what their Savior God is like. In A City Worth Loving, we discuss the importance of our center city setting and the many opportunities it gives us to not only tell people about Jesus' love, but also demonstrate Jesus' love. But now for this week, we're talking about a life worth living. And in that context, I'd like you to think for just one more minute here about carrying each other's burdens and a life worth living. Imagine that a person moves to our city or to our neighborhood uh, for the first time. Or imagine that a lifelong Atlantan native stops by our church for the first time. But this person that you're imagining, it's not just any person, it's one of those people we talked about in our introduction today. Maybe it's the veteran weighed down by trauma. Maybe it's the young woman weighed down by pressure. Maybe it's the kid on the skateboard weighed down by guilt. Maybe it's the middle-aged woman weighed down by grief. But when that person comes to our church, what does our church have the potential to be for them? Could we be a non-judgmental community where anybody could come and just for an hour on Sunday morning put their burdens aside and be able to be a part of something. Could we do that? Yeah, I hope so. But we can do more than that. Could we be a, I hesitate to use the buzzword of authentic, but could we really be an authentic group of people where we're not faking like this is churches where you act like your life is perfect, but could we make a community where it's real? This is real people with real struggles and real problems, and we can laugh with each other, and we can cry with each other, and you can come as you are with whatever you've got that Sunday, and we're not faking, but we're in this with our struggles together with each other. Could we be that kind of a community? Yeah. But we can do even more than that. What if our church, what our church has a potential to be more than anything, biggest of all, is a place where people can be yoked with Jesus, a place where people can bring their burdens and not just set them aside and not think about them, not just say, well, we all have burdens, so we're all in the same spot, but to take our burdens and give them to the one who says, come to me, you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. 
We can share, we can support, we can encourage, but the one who really gives us rest is Jesus. And so rather than just being a place where you can be real about the fact that life is hard, right, we want our church to be a place where you can actively take your burdens and lay them at the foot of the cross. And is that not really what we do every Sunday morning? As we say together our words of sin and grace, as we sing hymns and say prayers together, as we hear encouragement from God's word together, as today we get to come up to the front of church and have the Lord's Supper together, we walk out after worship and maybe we feel just a little bit lighter because we've laid our burdens at the foot of the cross and we've left them with our capable Savior. But then in the week, when the burdens come creeping back and we feel the heaviness start to bear back down, we know that we don't have to ever bear it alone because walking next to us, yoked next to us, is our Savior Jesus. And he promises he will never step away from us. He will never get out from under our burden. He will keep the bulk of it on himself and he will keep us going until we reach the place where, where all burdens are gone forever. May God make us that kind of a deep, encouraging, burden-sharing, burden-giving church uh, so that God may relieve the heaviness from so many people in our communities and in our city. May God grant this to us for Jesus' sake. Amen. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus, your Savior. Amen.